Hey everyone, it's uh, David Barnett. And have you ever thought of maybe owning a new franchise? Well, welcome. We're going to be talking about that today. And once again, it's, it's David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play podcast, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses. Today I have as a guest, Giuseppe Grammatico. Did I, re- did I get that one right? Yep, you got it. Not bad. Awesome. Not Giuseppe's bad. A- <laughs> It's a hard one. <laughs> Giuseppe's in New Jersey and has been in the franchise game for a long time and and has been a podcast listener of mine for a long time. And, and, and I don't know, Giuseppe, I think maybe you feel I've been bashing on franchises a little bit lately on my show. But, but that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because uh, you're in this industry. And uh, the first time I met you, one of the things that came up is you talked about how one of your traditional customer groups has been people wanting to leave the corporate environment and looking for something to do on their own. And, and you help them find the right franchise that could fit for them. And we're now in an environment where with, with COVID and all the effects it's had on the economy, that people are being displaced from their jobs and the economy faces a lot of uncertainty in a lot of different categories. And so I thought it might be interesting to have you on the show to talk about some of the opportunities maybe that exist with franchises and, and how to make sure that you can try to ensure that you, you fit the right people with the right opportunity. Because in my mind, if you, if you enroll in a franchise opportunity, there's two different things at play is, is the person the right fit for, for operating within the system? And then secondly, is there really a market there for that business and will the business be able to find customers, et cetera? So, why don't we start off by you giving us a little bit of your background because you've been in this field for a very long time. Yes, I've been uh, going back to 2006, 2007. So I got my, my fighting shirt on today, as I, as I jokingly say. I had, to, I had to change my shirt because it was uh, blending into my background. So I always thought that was funny. But yeah, we had a great conversation. I, I remember prior to you being on my show, we talked about, are you for or against franchising? Let's have that conversation. There's a little confusion. And it's, it was great because- we're, uh, we're 100%. I thought we were on kind of, you know, f- fighting it out as to what's better, what's not. And we're 100% on the, on the, on the same page. So that's great. Um, yeah, so I've so been in franchising, have, have been on the franchisor and franchisee side. So I've seen both ends um, as a master franchisor. I recruited franchisees as a franchisee. I reported directly to a franchise company. So I have seen quite a bit. And um, yeah, to, to your point, um, a lot of advantages uh, to owning a franchise, but it's definitely not the right fit for everyone. So to be very clear to the people that say, you know, is franchising better? It, it, it's better based off, it could be better based off of what you're looking for. That, that's that's uh, kind of the, the secret sauce. And, you know, it's, I always take it a step back. So we, we go back when people are looking at franchising, I always say, let's take a step back and, and figure out you know, is business ownership right for you? Or are you entrepreneur material? I mean, let's, let's be honest, right? Whether it's a franchise or not, a franchise is not an industry. Franchising is a proven business model. That simply put that that's what franchising is. So you need to figure out, um, number one, are you entrepreneur, uh, business material? Do you really want to own a business? Why do you want to own a business? Uh, in my opinion, many people, don't want to own a business. They want, they need to own a business so they can really take control of their time and financial freedom. I mean, that's, that's what it really comes down to. So there's only 24 hours in that day. So how do we make the most of it and do what we want during that time? So 
once we figure out, okay, business ownership is the right fit, we, we figure out, okay, you have two paths. You have, you know, we, we, we do path. Uh, one is uh, traditional where you start the business from scratch. Obviously, there, there's pros and cons to that where you decide, the pro- you develop the product or service and the systems that, that back that, that business. That takes a lot of time. And uh, the one major negative in, on that path from what I've seen is that many people never actually start the business because they never get past a product or service. They think about it so long, 20, 30 years go by, they, they just, they're, they're stuck in their job. They, they never actually start that business. And then you have franchising where you have that proven business model to reiterate. It's not always the, the right fit for everyone, but it gives you that what we call um, the uh, unfair advantage as, as we, as we, as we uh, talk about in our presentations and as well as our book. And, you know, you literally could sign that franchise agreement, go into training for maybe a week or two, depending on the brand. And while you're training, corporate is doing marketing and getting uh, customers and clients for you. So you hit the ground running, you get out of training, you uh, set up shop, at, you know, whether it's a service-based, home-based business, and you already have customers contacting you, which is a major advantage. But uh, once again, not the right fit for people that, you know, want to develop everything and don't want to follow a, a franchise system. Well, let, let's talk about <clears throat> need, uh, needing to get into business. Uh, have you had a lot of people <clears throat> come to you looking for a franchise opportunity who had lost their income or, or because of other things happening in their life, they needed to have more flexibility? Is that, is that a big part of the, of the, who you've seen come along? Yes. It's, you have a lot of people that, you know, they've always, a lot of people have always thought about it. I can't tell you how many people I talk to on a daily basis. They, they've thought about it. They're, they're uncertain. They think it's too risky, but they just kind of want to talk it out. And that's, that's part of what we do is we talk about the fear. What are your fears? What are your concerns? And we, and we talk it out. And the only way to get over that is education, talking it out. Uh, what is the true risk? What is the, tr- the risk of owning a business? What is the risk of being an employee? There's, uh, there's a lot of risk in being an employee as well that, that people don't, um, you know, that, that don't realize. But, you know, we, we just, we kind of figure out, you know, what is, you know, the, 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 so, so the people call, uh, giving me a call, they've been laid off, they've been furloughed. So they need that business because they want, they want to take control and not have to wait for that employer to contact them back and say, okay, um, you know, we may bring you back on in January or you may or may not have a job or your pay is going to be now reduced because of the pandemic and a lot of companies have been affected. So that need, that, that want is more of an interest. That need is I need to do something now. Um, in my case, so to give a perfect example, my need was uh, starting a family, just recently married, bought a house, and I knew traveling two and a half hours each way to New York City, I would never see my kids. Yeah. So made the switch. Um, uh, the same year, my, my, my son was born, uh, November of 2007. So made that, made that switch a year before he was born. And uh, not saying the first year was, was, you know, first year was a lot of work, a lot more hours. Just because it's a franchise doesn't mean you're going to be working just nine to five. So I did work a lot of hours, but got to control my, um, you know, overall time, flexibility. And I, don't, I think today I've never missed a, a soccer game or my daughter's, uh, you know, Girl Scout meetings or things like that. When, when, uh, when you said that you were, you had worked uh, as a master franchisor, what type of business, uh, what type of franchise was that? 
we, we were in um, uh, building maintenance and cleaning. So I got okay. into that business from Wall Street because I love the uh, recession resistance of the, uh, of the business. Okay. And, you know, a lot of the times we, we were talking about the fit here between the, the investor, entrepreneur, and the franchise. Um, a lot of employers will use different tests to measure certain psychological profiles of a person to see if they're a good fit. Um, do you ever use that kind of tool um, when, when assessing someone to see if they're the right kind of fit for a franchise? We have used tools in the past and uh, the name of the uh, company escapes me right now. It'll, it'll come to me ho- hopefully later on. We've, we have used tools in the past. Um, I found out that some people just don't take the tool. You know, you send it to them. It's not cheap and they just never, you know, spend the time. And if you don't spend that time, then maybe you don't, you know, you shouldn't own a business if you can't invest a half hour or whatever amount of time it takes. So I incorporate the same or similar questions into our uh, first call, which is uh, we typically do a 20, 30 minute right fit call uh, just to make sure we're a good match. You know, obviously, um, you know, there has to be good chemistry. It has to make sense. And, it, and if we're a good match and I think uh, business ownership may be the right fit, we go on to a consultation call where we dig a little bit deeper. But I ask a lot of questions and, and I don't ask very basic questions where uh, sometimes you, I, I call it you fall into the rabbit hole online where you, you type in, I'm interested in, in restaurants. And then they, they start asking a million questions about restaurant franchises you may want to own. I ask you difficult questions like, mm. why do you want to own a restaurant? And typically it's people say, well, everyone has to eat. And I see a line out the door and I talk about break evens and we talk about the, the constant turnover and things like that. And we find out that type of business truly doesn't match what they, what they really want. And, and because right now in your business, you're, you're matching people with franchise opportunities. <clears throat> How many different franchise brands do you have on offer or available to you? Yeah, we, we work with about 165 franchise companies, all investment levels, all industries. Um, I partner with uh, Franchise. And Franchise does a lot of pre-screening of, of companies. So there's, I think, uh, we'll say over 4,000 franchise companies in the U.S. And Franchise will pre-screen them and just look at, are the franchisees happy? Um, is there a, a system in place? Is the franchise growing? What's the support look like? And they'll do a pre-screen and decide if they want to work with that a specific company. So, um, Well, well and this is an important thing because in, in the book I wrote back in 2015, Franchise Warnings, I think one of the one of the things I put in there is that, you know, uh, 40 years ago, everyone wanted to be a McDonald's franchisee because they knew it was a path to success. And now everyone wants to be Ray Kroc. Like, like the, you said, there's 4,000 franchise systems. I mean, I've seen people open up one, um, you know, sample location or one test location and then go off and try to sell franchises uh, right away. And, and, you know, unsuspecting people sometimes will get, you know, caught up in that. And I think maybe this is one of the, one of the points of value that, that someone like yourself offers. Yeah. So, I mean, with, with franchising, with, with the large number to choose from, it gets overwhelming. So um, the value we bring to the table are the, the, the right questions to be asking and yes uh, you know, a franchise needs a proof of concept and that's what happens as to your point, they open up one location successful and then they want to franchise the, um, the model. But ultimately the franchisor's responsibility is to make sure it works in all markets or maybe certain markets or territories that are awarded, they may be a little bit larger because they'll say, okay, 
this is a service that's maybe where the affluent market, uh, you know, maybe it's a family making uh, over $200,000 a year in in total income. So instead of just saying, we'll award you uh, the one county in New Jersey that I'm located in, they may award you four counties because they want to account for the, uh, there's uh, so many households that, that make over 200,000. So they'll, they'll look for that. Um, obviously it, it's, I'm not saying a franchise is going to work in every market, but the franchise needs to do a little bit of homework geography. If it's a kid's brand, they have to make sure there's kids in that, in that market. Right. Or they just say, okay, there's not many kids in, in this particular County, but let's bundle it with two or three others. So you have a vast market to, to work with. So, um, just because you have a good business model, you need to make sure that the demand is there. And, um, you know, as I mentioned with kids, if there's no kids, well, how are you going to, how are you going to promote and sell your service? So, um, so yeah, so the, the franchisor will assist with location and making sure that the territory is viable for your business. Have you ever made the decision that you'll never sell a certain franchise again after you've seen someone go through the experience of being a franchisee with them? A uh, certain franchise, not, not necessarily. Um, and I'll, I'll take a step back. When I work with someone, I don't have a franchise in mind, a, a, a product or service. And that's where people, I think, typically get a little, they get a, they start the wrong way as, as I did in my search to be full disclosure. I kind of, I said, let me find a, a, a subway available and let me look at subways back in you know, 06, 07 when they were really hot. Hmm. And I met with a, uh, ironically, a franchise consultant. And that's, that's uh, because of that meeting is, is I also decided to become a consultant. I loved uh, the service they had to offer. And we look at, okay, let's look at the business characteristics. What, what is your ideal business look like? The number of employees, the hours of operation, um, how much do you want to invest? Are you willing to relocate? And, you know, what's your territory? And we, and the list goes on, you know, what's the role of, of the, um, that, that you want. Some people say, I want, I, I have a great job and I want this as a side income. Um, I don't, I don't care what industry or service, as long as it makes me money and I can run it semi-absentee where I have a, a general manager in place and I, I check in on occasion, I can sign in on, on a website or a portal and, and check in on the business At, only after doing all that and creating what we call a, a franchise model, which essentially outlines what your ideal business looks like. Then we start looking at franchises to, um, to really say, okay, these are, these are businesses that can truly be run semi-absentee in your investment level that, that are available in your territory. And this requires a lot of work. I need to contact the franchise company. Sometimes it's the president, it's the VP of um, a franchise development to, to figure out, do you have the territory available? Is this person a good match? They want to invest X amount of time. So we do a lot of back-end work for them. Um, as far as Franchise companies I wouldn't show or, or things like that. I, not, not really. I always, it's always case by case. I match that's those two or three franchise companies specifically for that person. So it is, it is customized. There are obviously industries that are thriving and we talk about, you know, during these times that are thriving, but you know, if the vision is um, running the franchise for the next 20 years, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter what's hot. It's more about, you know, what's sustainable and what, what model is really going to match, you know, what you're looking for. Have you ever had somebody move uh, because they wanted a certain franchise and they wanted to move to an available territory? Uh, not personally, but yes. Uh, you know, I, I work with other consultants and people have moved. Uh, actually, I am working with a, a couple right now. Uh, no children. You know, they're, they're, look, they're kind of 
you know, they're, they're living in a place where they found their first jobs and are, will, are willing to move. So um, they kept it kind of open. So these are my, you know, I would love to live in uh, Northern Florida, Southern Florida. What do you, you know, is there availability there? But yes, people have been uh, extremely open to that. Okay. So one of the things that I, that I brought up in a video a few weeks ago when I was talking um, with someone else about franchises is the whole uh, compensation package for people that are advisors in, in your role. So, you know, people make an investment, they buy a franchise, they pay a franchise fee, the franchisor then in turn compensates you. So the, so I just wanted to bring that up because I, w- I wanted to ask you, um, you know, have you seen in your industry instances where people may have, you know, put someone into the wrong thing because they needed to make a sale because they needed to earn some, some money? Yeah. So, uh, so to, to that, yes, we don't, so we're similar to an executive recruiter, executive recruiter. Okay. You don't pay anything to, um, you place someone, they get, they get, uh, compensated by the, um, the, the company that you're placing with. Same, same thing with us. We're compensated typically a percentage of the franchise fee. That's how we're compensated. So we don't charge, if you don't, we don't charge anything for our services. There's, there's no contract. Uh, we get a percentage and we disclose that that's on the, it's on my, in my book, it's in my video. I, I know there's been a lot of talk about that. Um, but yes, we definitely help out and our services are ongoing even after you invest in the franchise itself. Um, as far as practices of, of consultants at the end of the day, uh, we are not in the sales business. We, we talk about franchise and we coach them through the process and we make the intros, uh, to the, to the franchise companies and we coach them along the process, but ultimately they're working directly with the franchise company to make that informed decision. We can only point them in the right uh, direction, uh, you know, coach them through the process. But um, at the end of the day, uh, they do have to do their research and a big part of that and the big secret. Uh, and and it, to be honest, it's one of the major advantages of franchising versus a, just a traditional business is that you have, it could be 10, 20, hundreds of, or even thousands of, of franchisees that you can contact to validate. So that's kind of the secret um, sauce in, in, in making your decision. So the decision is, is ultimately up to you. You know, no one is telling you you have to make that decision, but. So, you so what you're, what you're saying basically Giuseppe is that you're not really a salesperson. You're more of a lead originator for a franchisor and they are, are actually the ones who, you know, make the sales presentation and, and negotiate with the individual. Correct. So we, yeah, so we coach through the whole process um, we're doing a lot of the, um, what's uh, the, uh, qualifications, making sure that they do have the, the right amount to invest, that they are a good fit for franchising and that particular franchise. So we work, uh, that's why we work with the franchise companies are to find real good, high quality candidates that, uh, that would be a good fit for their, uh, for their, uh, for their brand. But okay. yes, they, they, they do any negotiation money wiring, do I sign on this contract? Uh, can you send me information? It is all done directly from the franchise company. Okay. You've got a palm tree there. And, and that reminds me of Florida. Um, and one of my uh, friends in this industry who lives in Florida, his name is Ted Leverett. Mm-hmm. And he once wrote <clears throat> in one of his books that franchising can be an indication of market saturation. So as a market matures and a lot more businesses are in that industry serving people, these franchise brands start to come in. How do you feel about that statement? Do you think, do you think there's any validity to that? Well, well, first off, I have this background because I didn't get to go on vacation. So this is, uh, 
I think I, this is, a, it looks similar to one of the, it's not my picture. I can't take credit for it, but it reminds me of Hawaii on my, on my honeymoon. Um, you know, as far as market saturation, it's, it's a tough one because with, with any market, there's going to be demand, obviously, right? So um, a franchise will look before starting a franchise. So you have, you have people starting, uh, companies starting franchises, and then you have development companies, which will kind of oversee and take over and assist a brand in, in growing and developing with their product or service. So um, the last thing they want is oversaturation, but you know, more important, they, they want demand. They want to make sure that there's demand for the product. Um, some people I know have this notion, for example, um, mosquito spraying. I just had a conversation with, uh, with a couple companies and someone made the point where that market is oversaturated. This is a candidate I was working with. And I said, why do you say that? And he said, well, I see the, the vans all around. That was, his, that was his research for telling me that it was oversaturated. And I said, well, speaking with these uh, franchise companies, obviously they have to do their research or speaking with candidates daily. Uh, 95% of homeowners in the U.S. do not get mosquito spraying. Yeah. And, you know, what are your thoughts on that? So just, just seeing, and, I, and then I, I even turned, I turned, the, I turned it around and said, well, how many people on your street uh, get mosquito spraying? He goes, you know, it's a good point. I think, I think maybe one person, but I see the vans all over the place. So, um, so to your point, if, there, if there's demand, I mean, with, you, you don't want oversaturation to the point where everyone's kind of killing each other to, to get uh, market share. But I will say in franchising, um, in certain industries, there are some companies really standing out uh, and how they're standing out is they're essentially helping their franchisees to the point where I know one brand or one company in particular was working directly with landlords. You know, they, they kind of converted their, their, their business to say, instead of bringing on, um, not, not that they weren't bringing on new franchises, but our focus is going to be on working with every single franchise in the system to differentiate ourselves because obviously, you know, this, this particular company, not to name names was in uh, health and fitness. So how do we get to the, to the, um, to the member at home and, and assist them with training? What additional services can we offer? They were trying to help their franchisees navigate the whole COVID crisis. Help, help with COVID, help with, with landlord negotiation, help with customer retention, uh, you know, gift card sales. They did everything. Some, some have even taken it where they just froze royalty payments where, no royalty payments were needed until, you know, things picked up a little bit. So that's a, a benefit of franchising, but obviously um, it is their, the franchisor's job to, to do their research to make sure there's not so much saturation to the point where they just can't break into that market. Um, Giuseppe, do you keep any statistics on your own clients and how successful they are after, after they've gone through your process? Uh, you know, we, we, Statistics, not, not necessarily statistics, but we keep in touch with every single uh, person that has invested in a franchise. Yes. So we make sure, number one, they're happy. Um, if we always ask for a referral because we spend a lot of time with, uh, with, any of our, with, with all of our candidates, um, you know, if they're looking to expand, we assist them in that process. What does it look like? Do you want to expand um, in the, with the same brand? So looking at more territory. So for example, in Florida, we have someone looking to expand with additional territory, or do you want a company that could, another franchise that could complement um, your business? So if you're in the painting service, you know, residential painting in one geographic area, do you want to upsell your clients and now offer a cleaning service as, to, as opposed to staying in the painting service and looking for a bigger geography? So 
Um, oh, I was just wondering if you had any idea of how, like what percentage of your clients are still at it, you know, after different mile posts into the, down the road, like three, five or, or however many years. Yeah, no, they've, they've, from, from my understanding, they've, they've all been doing well. Um, all have looked at additional territories. Um, I know many of them are happy, uh, financially. I don't, I don't get into that and what they're making, but I, I do get into is this at the end of the day with all, all said, you know, said and being done. And we've talked a million times. Are, do you have the lifestyle that you, that you were looking for? So maybe you got into a painting service, which I know myself, I got into cleaning and, and building maintenance, never thought I would get into that, but has it provided you the lifestyle? Has it given you the additional time? Was it worth it at the end? And all have come back and said, yes, it, it, it has, you know, the first year is always, that building year and figuring it all out. But after getting past the first year, yeah, they've, they've all come back and said they've, uh, they've been very happy. Well, I mean, one of the key takeaways from, from my book, Franchise Warnings, is, I, is I, I, I tell readers, one of the things you have to look at is what money will you end up paying to the franchisor over the course of your career as the owner of that location? But more importantly, what do you get for the money? Because in, in my mind, a franchisor adds value when they're doing certain head office functions that a, a little independent business could never pull off on their own. And the, you know, the best example may be from food services, restaurants, where if you've got these, you know, seasonal specials and, you know, new products that come for a limited time and all that kind of stuff. Well, there's someone at head office in marketing and there's someone at head office in product development who they're spending their time working on these things so that they can, you know, do these special launches, special products, certain time of year here where I live, uh, there's the McLobster sandwich at McDonald's, you know, things like that. And I think that's really important because when I used to own a franchised business brokerage office, um, I had a fee I had to pay every month for technical services. And if I added up all the things it gave me, and if I tried to buy all that stuff as an independent business, it would have cost me more. Right. So I actually saved money uh, by being part of the franchise network because they had made these bulk arrangements with different suppliers, online portable portals for businesses for sale and, a, and an amazing CRM system that tied it all together. Um, if I had tried to do it all on my own, I would have spent more money. So to me, that was a no question, great opportunity um, because I got all the support and ongoing um, help from head office, as well as access to all those tools for cheaper than it would have been normally. So it was a great deal. Um, and, you know, is that something that, that you spend time looking at before you recommend a franchise? Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's part of the uh, franchise pre-screen as well as they're going through it and talking uh, and making sure there's support uh, available. So that's the biggest thing of owning a franchise. It's, you know, the startup, that's the almost the easy part, right? Okay. I know I'm going to pay a franchise fee versus a standalone business. You don't have a franchise fee, but you have sweat equity time. It may take you three years. What is your time worth versus, you know, paying the franchise fee and having that business in a box. But to your point, every franchise is not built the same in your validation when uh, speaking. And, you know, I speak directly with the franchise companies. We, we speak weekly. We have a, a two time a year national conferences where the CEOs, presidents, everyone kind of comes down. We, we ask the, the same questions, you know, what's, what are you truly offering? Um, but yes, we, we make sure that they're offering ongoing service, not just past the first, you know, not just the first year getting set up, but if I have issues, what's the royalty? 
Uh, some have, uh, you know, we talk about, to your point, economies of scale, where it's a painting franchise. Um, they get uh, maybe paint 20 to 40% cheaper. I'm just giving an estimate uh, versus just a, a, any other painting company going in because they're buying, they have national agreements, they have vendors in place. And not only do they have vendors in place, they have a network of subcontractors in place working with companies, uh, some of the major uh, painting players. But the biggest thing is after the franchise fee and, and, that, and that royalty, whatever it is, you know, don't, don't just say, well, this one has a 5%, that one has a 10, let me go with the five. That, that is probably the worst decision you can make. You need to figure out what are you getting with that? So is it, is it um, you know, if the training is, is really just not there, um, maybe it's not worth getting into a fran- in, into that particular franchise. You want to make sure that if you have a question, the franchisor is, is, is available to ask those questions. You're getting now, discounts on products. Yeah. Because some of those royalties, in, in some instances that I've seen, some of those royalties actually include certain outsourced business functions like centralized right. call centers and stuff like this. Yes, they'll, they'll, right. So they'll, they'll have uh, maybe a higher royalty fee, but they'll bundle in the call center, which is in-house. Uh, think about, you know, how much it would cost just to have one person, uh, you know, they're available 24 hours a day, one person just working nine to five and yeah. what that would cost you. So sometimes they bundle it all together. So it's part of their um, item seven in the franchise disclosure document. It'll list, you know, your investment, all, all the expenses, what the royalty is. Sometimes it's a percentage. Sometimes it's a percentage with, with a, a minimum per month. But, you know, just step back and say, okay, if, if they're providing a call center, I don't need to have these people in house. I may not even need an office now because you know they're providing all that. So look at what they give you and talk to the franchisees to make sure that they're offering the support that the franchise development uh, person is, is talking about. So talk, and, and don't talk to, to the uh, one year rookies, talk to the guys that have been doing it three mm-hmm. to five years um, and just say, okay, it, you're year three, you're year five, are you still getting support? You know, are, when you have issues, is someone that readily uh, available to, to ask those questions? So uh, royalty, yes. You know, it's sometimes difficult to make a 5%, a 10%, whatever the royalty is every single month. But if you're getting that support that, you know, you don't have to worry about the call center, you don't have to worry about training, or if you're having technical issues and they're there to, to assist with you, that is completely worth it. But going back to, you know, our conversations to your book, some franchise companies will charge the same rate and the service, the support will be subpar. And you will find that out very quickly in your first couple uh, validation calls to existing franchisees. Awesome. So one final question then before we, before we let you yeah. go, Giuseppe, is we're in September 2020 right now as we record this. So we've now been involved with this pandemic for six months. What are you seeing in your business? Are you seeing a lot of these unemployed people who are looking at franchises as an opportunity to create an income? Are, are you seeing people afraid to act? Are you seeing people delay? Like what, what's, what's going on from your vantage point? What I'm, what I'm seeing is uh, we are busy, uh, busier than ever in that we're getting a lot of interest in people asking about um, owning a business doesn't always mean it's the right fit. It's just, we, we've been extremely busy with people that have lost their job or may lose their jobs kind of saying, you know, I thought about, I've thought about this in the past. Let me really, you know, you know, let me, let me, let me start researching it. And so we go through the process. So, you know, extremely busy. We get the questions all the time, the million dollar question, what are the hot franchises? I tell them to buy a copy of entrepreneur magazine because that's all it's worth. And it's going to change every single month. Um, it's, uh, Kind of a, you know, people say you, you actually, you know, say that to people. And I said, yes, I was in the investment world. 
what's the hot mutual fund? Buy Money Magazine. It changes every month. I could care less. It really doesn't make a difference because what are you looking to accomplish? What's, what's your vision? Uh, if it's a subway, which is not a knock against subway, and that business model doesn't match what you're looking for, who cares that it's the hottest franchise? It's, it's your, you won't do well. And if you do well, you're going to be miserable doing it. So let's take a step back and figuring out. I mean, there are businesses like, you know, B2B coaching businesses doing well because they're helping struggling small businesses stay afloat. But if you're not a go-getter and a networker and really love to, you know, talk to small business owners all day long, you won't be successful. Whereas someone that has those traits will do really well. So really busy, you know, really talking about the benefits of franchising, but um, talking, uh, you know, referring people to headhunters or maybe recruiters and assisting with maybe their LinkedIn profiles I've been doing a lot of that, uh, whereas maybe I tell them, you know what, maybe you should look at, at employment and maybe business ownership isn't in the cards or, you know, you're, you're, you're excited, you've been laid off, you don't, you know, the grass isn't always greener. Let's really take a step back to make sure this is a, a right fit. And there's some, there's some questions I leave to them to really reflect and think about it for a while. Well, I, I actually believe that fast growing or hot franchise names are, are a reason to be cautious. Um, I go on at length about it in my book, uh, Franchise Warnings, available on Amazon. I guess I should plug it. It's my show, right? <laughs> so, um, but, but I want to thank you, Giuseppe. And um, if people want to reach you online and talk with you, what's the easiest way for them to find you? Absolutely. So you can go right to the website. It's GG because Giuseppe Grammatico is very difficult to, uh, to say. <laughs> GG, the franchise guide. So it's G U I D E dot uh, com. So GG, the franchise guide.com. You can book a call with me uh, for your audience today. You can even download. I'll, I'll, I'll do a little plug as well. Um, if they want a, a free copy, a free download of my book, go to my website uh, forward slash DCB uh, for anyone listening in on the show. Uh, so D DCB, David Charles Boy. Um, Get in well, on short there. for David. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm so used. To, <laughs> right. I'm so I'm so used to saying that. Right. I don't know why why it went there. So I apologize. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, it's it's just out of habit, I guess. But uh, if you go there, you get a, a free copy of the book. Um, as I mentioned, our services are free. So hit the the um, contact or uh, book a call. Send me send me some information. We schedule a twenty minute call with everyone. And if you just even had a general question, thought about franchising, uh, let us know. I'll, you know, if, if we can't assist you, I can definitely point you in the, in the right direction. Awesome. Well, thanks. You, thank you very much, Giuseppe. And I'll, I'll wish you the best of luck here in the fall as we, as you carry on uh, dealing with COVID there in New Jersey. And we'll hope that uh, you and your family stay, stay safe. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. Thank you again. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.